0: Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, be a part of the biggest and most important show in our industry. Brian Weber with you. Clones, we're going to have a good time over the next three hours. If you're a fan of mine, there are two or three based on what I'm reading on the X. Screw it. I'm going to call it Twitter. I don't work for Elon. I am back with you Monday as well as tomorrow, three days of hard-hitting sports commentary from yours truly. And I know a lot of fast food observations when we get to your interaction coming up in 20 minutes. Wall-to-wall football, as you might imagine, we'll get into all the fallout from the story that broke 20 minutes in yesterday as my friend Trent Rush was doing a superb job keeping the chair warm. So we got strong opinions about Russell Wilson. Now, Sean Payton has done him dirty to a degree and potential landing spots for Russ. That's on the way. It is the final Thursday night football game of the year. Tonight, can Joe Flacco maintain his momentum in the year of the backup quarterback? A guy who was mowing his lawn six weeks ago has an opportunity to clinch a playoff berth for Cleveland with a win over the Batter Jets. Four more bowl games today. One of them stands out to me for a reason that some of you will find entertaining. I know that a lot of this show comes down to rhythms and habits. We are a community within the jungle. So on a Thursday, you're thinking, I need big head bets. But only the Hall of Famer, Jim Rome, has the opportunity to listen to our pal James Kelly mangle the English language and give you his stone-cold locks. But even though I can't do... That kind of segment can't bring you anything nearly that compelling. Coming up in the second hour of the program, hour number one, wide open. Hopefully by now, you know my approach. I never bludgeon you with guests. The goal is to be interactive. We'll get to your tweets coming up in 20 minutes. That's BW Weber. Weber with two Bs. The phone number is iconic. It hasn't changed for decades. one 800 636 8686 Email still a possibility. Rome at com. in the next hour at one forty Eastern time. We'll get you the view from Vegas if you're interested in sports wagering with the Thursday night NFL game coming up and all of these meaningless balls prior to the ones that matter on New Year's Day. We'll check in with Tim Murray. He's a Sin host. Final hour of the program, a timely conversation with an old friend, a former radio partner of mine. This guy has, in my mind, been overlooked for far too long to get that gold jacket he deserves and got excellent news last night. My friend Eric Allen, the former Pro Bowl NFL cornerback who shined for the Eagles, Saints and Raiders, found out. He's one of 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame. We'll get his reaction, and then we'll talk about how he sees things developing for Russell Wilson. How about the silver and black, because he's a broadcaster for the Raiders? Has Antonio Pierce already done enough by virtue of what was a bizarre game on Christmas, but a Raider win nonetheless as they punched the reeling Chiefs in the face? We'll get the view from EA coming up final hour of the show. We're jumping right in with Russell Wilson conversation. I always do my best to acknowledge that even with my large ego for no reasons, this is not a one-man proposition. The great Jack Savage on the other side of the glass is multitasking. No TV today, meaning, and I know my weaknesses. I'm going to be even louder, more caffeinated because I am clutching this microphone directly now. Against my gullet. I'm right on top of this thing, and poor Jack is riding the levels. Jack is also going to screen your phone calls. Let's be candid. I don't take a ton of calls, but maybe Jack can execute three things at the same time. The trifecta, one eight hundred six three six eight six eight six. And when we get to your tweets coming up now in 15 minutes, as I'm filibustering way too much, I was going through the bowls today. Fenway Park Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, Alamo Bowl is actually going to be watchable tonight. If you're not paying attention, Jet Fish has jump-started the Arizona football program. That's a top 15 matchup between the Wildcats and Oklahoma. There's something called the Pop-Tarts Bowl going to be played later today in Orlando. That's NC State and Kansas State. It occurred to me in real time just a couple minutes ago, and maybe this is something that's a byproduct of another fabulous year in review when Jim was kind enough to revisit just how entertaining he found it to be that I had never been to a Chick-fil-A prior to the fall. And that is true And I have not been back, folks. Too bad we're not on TV. Lean and mean. At least that's the story I'm telling myself. I have never had a Pop-Tart. I don't know why. Maybe I was the victim of parents who just would not placate a kid who wanted to eat whatever he could get his hands on, but you move beyond that frame in your life where you can have access to Oreos and Captain Crunch, whatever you want to do. I've never had a Pop-Tart, and I don't know what necessarily I'm missing, so I'm not going to turn the program into What are exotic foods you've never consumed? But because I try to be forthright with you folks, and I like to throw some chum out there in the waters of social media, you can interpret that any way you want. I've also only had a single cup of coffee my entire life. I don't like warm beverages. And with that, enough bearing of my soul, let's get to Russell Wilson. So I was on the air yesterday. Uh, Around the same time, I wasn't cheating on Jim, but I have other roles that I play in sports media. And I was laying out the case prior to Adam Schefter breaking the news that Sean Payton had informed the Broncos Russ's run was over. Now, we didn't say it that directly. Probably should have because we know that to be true. But in the short term, the decision made to bench Russ and go with Jared Stidham. And I was thinking then about what am I missing here? Could this all be a flex to get Russ to renegotiate the deal? Because we know this is primarily about money. And by now, because we've had roughly 24 hours to digest this story, I'm Brian Weber. In for Jim Rome, one eight hundred six three six eight six eight six. 636 8686 No guests in this first hour of the show. We'll get... The sports gambling perspective coming up in the next hour. we check in with Tim Murray of v You can hit me up on Twitter. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. Your reaction is pending. This is all primarily about money because now we're all becoming capologists and learned that Russell Wilson's gargantuan contract doesn't kick in until next year. When the Broncos made the trade to get Russ from Seattle – which will go down as now top three, top five, however you want to dissect it, among the worst trades in NFL history. Right there with the Herschel Walker deal, not as bad as the Sean Watson deal, but close. But when that deal was consummated, this avalanche of money that was pushed in Russ's direction wasn't due to kick in until next year guaranteed $39 million for next year. Had he gotten hurt over the final two games of this year, another $37 million would come due. That's a salary for 2025. So that's clearly what's going on here in terms of the short-term motivation. And for Sean Payton to somehow try to sum this up as a competitively driven decision that he's looking for, the opportunity to put his team in the best position to succeed. That's another direct shot at Russ, making him the fall guy. And I realize the Broncos have been scuffling as of late. I endured the vast majority of that game, wrapping up the triple header on Christmas night. And as much as I love the NBA and a veteran of hosting Christmas Day shows, That's my background and doing nothing but NBA on those days in the past. The latest ratings that have come out and the NBA still waiting on the particulars of who watched and the number was small. The game between the Warriors and the Nuggets. Remember, Jokic had 18 free throws against Steph's merely one free throw attempt. And Steve Kerr called that disgusting. Well, disgusting could also sum up the NBA's ratings. NFL destroyed them head-to-head, 10 times the audience. So mark it down, next Christmas Day, whomever I'm filling in for, even though it's going to be a Wednesday because of the leap year, there will be an NFL game. The league threw out the fluff last week saying, well, we're going to try to avoid Tuesdays and Wednesdays because of integrity of competition. That is all nonsense. Given just how enormous these ratings have been, and we were validated to be the other day, we're going to have more football coming up, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But in terms of window dressing, in terms of spin, for Sean Payton to say this is about competitive rationale and trying to get the best alignment for his team to keep their minute playoff hopes alive, less than 10%, To take Russ off the field is another metaphoric slap in his face because clearly this is about a power struggle that Sean Payton was always destined to win because he has the hammer, and that hammer is playing time. And after the fact, Sean Payton was disingenuous. I'll be kind. How about not forthright? You want to have it in plain English? He didn't tell us the truth. Now, that's not stunning the majority of these coaches, if they were not in that profession, would be sales guys trying to get you to buy a lousy Volvo from 1988. And I remember Sean sitting down with Jim on Radio Row in Arizona speaking glowingly of Russell Wilson. It was not even a conditional if things are going to work, it was a when. He was saying it was a done deal. We're going to get on the same page. He used every cliche that you can think of, but his entire pitch was, this is going to work. Well, it hasn't worked, although I got to give that team credit for having a degree of pride and some professionalism. Remember, when they got annihilated by the Dolphins, who hung 70 points on them, piled up better than 700 yards of total offense, felt like the season was over they rebounded from 1 and 5. They got back into legitimate playoff contention and now they have struggled with the 1 and 3 record down the stretch. And it felt like the Patriot game in many ways was a synopsis of this entire season, horrendous start just like we saw the dismal beginning to the season, a comeback to make it interesting, they get it tied and then that kicker who had a abysmal night, finally rips their hearts out, nailing that long field goal at the gun, taking advantage of the altitude in Denver. So if Peyton is trying to come up with an argument, this is football driven, he is not telling the truth. Because in no world does Jarrett Stidham give the Denver Broncos a better opportunity To win than Russell Wilson and the fact that Denver is still mathematically alive now I know it would take 19 things coalescing to get them a chance to sneak in the playoffs but they're not dead yet they're not eliminated entirely from playoff consideration the fact that that is the case is another reflection of what this really is this is Sean Payton deflecting attention away from him Directly on Russell Wilson saying, okay, well, why don't we change the quarterback position? Because clearly it's not my fault. And this is not the first time Sean Payton has embarrassed Russell Wilson. Now, I can't sit here and thoroughly defend Russ, especially given the studio that I'm bellowing inside. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your voice can be heard at 1 800 636 8686. Emails com. We'll get to your interaction on the X in 10 minutes. That's BW Weber, Weber with two B's. I know whose reinforced chair I'm sitting in, and Jim has produced countless hours of wonderful takes on Russ. I don't have to go through all of the highlights, but we know that Russ had that office on the second floor. His name is Luca, after all. We know that Russ had the full entourage, not only the personal trainer, but the chef, probably no Pop-Tarts, a hype man, I'm thinking, a masseuse, And the optics were terrible, especially because last year was horrendous. But that wasn't all on Russ. As much as any objective analysis has to hinge on Russell Wilson's decline in play. And we saw that slippage start in Seattle. There's a reason why Pete Carroll was looking to move on. Denver, though, was desperate to reclaim any relevance So they went all in, overpaying Russ financially, overpaying Seattle with players and draft compensation, and it's blown up in their face. Now, you could say the best business practice is to acknowledge it's a sunk cost, and that's what Sean Payton is doing right now. But you better believe after last year's atrocious, abysmal season that had as much to do with old Nate Canhackett The doppelganger for our pal, Garrett Ritt. I have never seen a more clueless and overwhelmed head coach than Nate Canhackett, who only got that job, clearly, because Denver thought they had a shot at getting Aaron Rodgers. And what a coincidence. Nate Canhackett wound up in New York working for the Jets because he's boys with Aaron Rodgers. I wish I had that kind of friendship with somebody with clout. And, and good for Nate. It's a world driven by relationships. But you cannot bury Russell Wilson entirely for last year. And if we care about objective metrics, he has played much better than last year. Of course, statistically, it would have been challenging to be even less effective than last year. But he's had a solid year. If you care about passer rating, but that's a fair evaluation. He's number seven. 26 touchdowns against Only eight interceptions. And to put that in further context, because I'm going to talk about Josh Allen's MVP hopes coming up in less than 15 minutes. Josh Allen has thrown 15 picks. That's only two off the league high mark of Sam Howell, who just lost his job to Jacoby Brissett in our nation's capital. Patrick Mahomes has imploded this year. 14 interceptions. So the numbers say Russ has not been terrible. The numbers say... It's not worthy of a benching. The pushback would be Sean Payton has a precise offense that he wants to be run in a particular way. And the knock on Russ, and I do watch as much as I can, riding the red zone, I don't break down the all 22. I don't pretend to be an NFL insider. But I watch a lot of football. If you're paying attention, Denver's offense has been Rather simplistic. A ton of screens, a lot of short passes, occasionally the long shot to Sutton when healthy. But Sean Payton, like most play callers, believes in his system first and foremost. And clearly he believes that Russell Wilson is not capable of running it properly. And clearly, we can all ascertain when Sean Payton took that job because presumably he had options. Remember, he was the hot commodity out there in addition to all the coordinators that somehow had worked for Sean McVay who got elevated in recent years. And Payton also had leverage of the job at Fox that paid him well that he seemingly enjoyed so we didn't have to jump back into coaching last year. Clearly, he must have gotten at least a verbal assurance from ownership. And remember, we're talking about Walmart's money here. I can't think of another NFL ownership group that would have the ability to swallow $39 million guaranteed for next season and not even bat an eye. Even Jimmy Haslam thinks that's financially reckless. But Peyton must have gotten some degree of buy-in from ownership that he could do whatever he wanted to. And I'm sure he went back and said, hey, I tried to make this work. I did my best. It was a good faith effort. It's broken. It's never getting better. So let's cut our losses. But it is interesting. We're going to talk about this in much more detail as the program continues. There were multiple reports yesterday that the Broncos went to Russell Wilson in October and threatened to bench him then if he was unwilling to change the language in his contract and that injury guarantee I was talking about for the $37 million coming due in March if he got hurt, which is just the latest reminder that contracts are legally binding Unless we're talking about the NFL and it's tough to have a full throated defense of Russell Wilson because of the perception he's detached because of the view that he's a prima donna, that he's not genuine. He's not authentic. We've heard that from former teammates in Seattle, but a contract should have. Relevance for both parties. And we see it time and time again in the NFL that it's largely meaningless. Now, you're going to tell me, hey, fill in guy, whoever you are, he's still going to get the $39 million. but the fact that the Broncos came to him reportedly and said, change the language moving forward or you're going to lose your job, is just not right. It is just unethical, and it's just the latest reminder of how broken... The economic structure is in the NFL, and nothing's going to change because football players have the weakest union in all of sports, and the owners have consistently out negotiated and outwitted them. So, as we move forward, we're going to talk about potential landing spots for Russell Wilson. Patriots come to mind, especially with the pending divorce, considered a divorce, with Bill Belichick. Falcons, Raiders will run through the possibilities. What's next for the Broncos? Not in the short term. Jarrett Stidham mania going to run wild. And at the beginning of the year, when we looked at week 17, Chargers at the Broncos should have been Justin Herbert versus Russell Wilson. Now it's East and Stick against fellow future Hall of Famer Jarrett Stidham. Another reminder, this has just been a brutal year under center in the NFL, but the league is bulletproof and we're addicted to football, so ratings have never been higher. What are the Broncos going to do in the future? And I'll throw it out to you. I don't do topic radio, but I know we have great coverage in the Rocky Mountain region. 1-800-636-8686. Which side do you take? I can understand why Sean Payton is moving on. It doesn't make it right. And I think it's pretty clear he did Russ dirty and wasn't being truthful to any of us when he said this is going to work. He now is trying to deflect Another lost season in Denver. Yes, they played better, but that gets you nothing, especially when we're talking about a franchise with their history and the Broncos, barring a miracle, are going to miss the postseason for the eighth consecutive year. I'm Brian Weber, getting off the soapbox now because we'll have a little bit more levity coming up with the interaction. You can slide in. Not to my DMs, and let's not make it all McRib Radio all the time, but you can hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. I'm open to having a conversation at 1-800-636-8686. Coming up in 40 minutes, since we'll enjoy the greatness of the Jets, and that's air quotes, enjoy. We got the Jets and the Browns in the final Thursday nighter. We know that the receipts say Robert Sala is coming back next year. We're going to talk about the coaching futures, Of some of his peers who have far less job security, that's on the way. Coming up, Lamar Jackson, it appears, locked up the MVP by outplaying Brock Purdy, who imploded on Christmas night. And we're going to talk about Purdy's future as well. Are we overlooking Josh Allen at all in the MVP conversation? Just getting warmed up on a jam-packed Thursday. Always a delight to be with you in the jungle. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. And we're brought to you by Discover. Did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why, with your Discover card, you have access to 24 7 customer service as well as zero dollar fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com/slash credit card. Limitations apply. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. Brian Weber back with you. Always an honor to keep the chair slightly warm for Jim. Hop aboard at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, romanavatake.com. Your interaction on Twitter is up next. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. And since I butchered the clock management like Robert Sala there went, supersized, insert your own joke there, we'll be concise here, get back to... The proper formatics and coming up in 15 minutes, as mentioned, Sala got the confirmation before one of the ugliest games we have ever endured, even if you only watch bits and pieces on the red zone Sunday. A bizarre, surreal, brutal game between the Jets and Commanders. Somehow the Jets won that game after giving away monumental leads, not once but twice. Sala's coming back. Who should be looking over their shoulder? Nothing says holiday cheer like who's getting fired in the NFL. Reaction, and then I am going to hit the phone lines to Christmas Week Miracle at the Jim Gnome Show. Brian Weber, have you ever kicked someone's ass for using three B's to spell your name? Sign, concern, clones. Well, if we're going to have the on-air conversation, there is that third B, right? Brian. Okay. Moving on. Douglas Rupert. Nice subtle Rupert Pupkin reference. I watched the King of Comedy again last week. Underrated in the Scorsese canon. Weber. Broncos Country. Let's ride the bench. Sack of potatoes. Doug in Milwaukee. War the Pissed Off, tons of fans screaming, Sell the team! Sell the team the whole game. I will get to the misery in Motown coming up in the next hour. And for once, it has nothing to do with the Lions. I now have a morbid curiosity surrounding the Pistons as they go after yet another loss. I don't tell you what to do when it comes to sports wagering, but how do you think the Pistons are going to fare tonight on the road in Boston when they lose that game, it'll be 28 straight, rock bottom, rock bottom. We'll get there coming up in the next hour of the program. One more, Prozac from LFK at B.W. Weber. It looks like you've been going through the bowls, all right, just not salad bowls. War using Pop-Tarts as bread for a breakfast sando at 2 p.m. Okay. Roughage is important. You're going to find out when you get to your 50s. In the attempt to, here's a contemporary reference, move into my Jack LaLanne mode for the upcoming year, I have removed croutons from the salad because basically you're throwing a lo- loaf of bread in there. The gym was closed on Christmas Day, so no steaming as much as I could have used it even without the TV simulcast. The best I could do, and people were walking by <laughs> looking at in horror, there's a patch of grass I live adjacent to a country club. I was sprinting back and forth, just to get a sweat going. No joke, listening to Eye of the Tiger on YouTube. Not the same mental imagery as Rocky and Apollo Creed sprinting on the beach in Malibu and then hugging in the water, but that was my homage to it, and yeah, far too much information. Don't get old, kids. Just stick on TikTok and you will be young forever. I promised a phone call. I'm in a great mood, so let's Get that done. Fulfill my pledge. Phone lines open 1-800-636-8686. Let's take it to Wisconsin. Jim is there and we're finding out on Instagram it is unseasonably warm. Here is John in Green Bay. Hey, John, you're on the Jim Rome Show with Brian Weber. What's up?
1: Hey, Brian. Happy holidays. You know, in Green Bay here, we're getting a little tired every year. Seems to have a circus of some sort. Obviously, we, we got rid of one with, with Rogers, but this situation this year now with our defense and and what's going on, and then we have we have Jair Alexander. You know, Packer fans get ripped on for being homers to the max, and you know we love our team, but we're also pretty good at smacking our own. And I said Jair is quickly becoming the poster child. The Green Bay Packers are about um, you know the Vince Lombardi days, uh, all that. Um, this is. The idea that he just rolls out there, makes himself self declared captain um and then makes the wrong call and after he's been on the shelf for six weeks with a hangnail highest paid corner, and we need him so bad right now with all this you know these young players it's just been just it's just been a circus, and it's just uh you know we're pretty tired of him he can he can be on the next train out of here,
0: John, before you go, and I appreciate the insights you sound like a veteran. Can you recall a winter? As warm as the one you're enjoying right now?
1: Well, I, I, I can't say we enjoy it, to be honest. We, well, it's
0: 46 we degrees. Subtle. Oh, you want to go ice fishing? I, I forgot. Okay. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Where, where Jim is up there at his summer place, there, we, we have a cabin up in that area. People hating it. <laughs> no. No snowmobiling, no ice fishing in some areas. It's 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 pretty rough on us. All right, you John. Know? My college
0: roommate bad. was from yeah. Janesville, Wisconsin, so I'm well-versed in brats and beer. Happy holidays. Appreciate the phone call. If you don't know what he's talking about, Jair crashed the pregame coin toss prior to that weird game against Carolina. Panthers are forgetting, well, it's not their pick, but losing is winning as you're trying to crash and burn all the way down to get the number one overall pick, which is on its way to Chicago. That's an indictment uh, Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff. Now, I am not in those meeting rooms, but everything is so regimented in the NFL. How did no one notice what's Jair doing? Just strolling and freelancing out there, and then he butchers the coin toss, and he gets bailed out by the referee? I don't understand how that occurs, and He's lucky it's only a one-game suspension. And conduct detrimental to the team could not be more embodied than what we saw. That is a sneaky, bizarre story. Lost in the shuffle, obviously, of the bombshell surrounding Russell Wilson. Although, if you've been paying attention, and I follow everybody who is a reputed NFL insider. More people cover the NFL than foreign affairs these days. Just about... All the big names that you would be familiar with, including Jonathan Jones of CBS. Over the last 10 days, we're saying it's a situation in Denver that bears monitoring. And they were all right. Now, that tells you they were getting advanced word. They were getting leaks from within the Denver organization or maybe Russ's camp. Because I do believe this report that the Broncos went to him in late October and said, change that language or you're losing your job now. Still, Jair going rogue. Just a weird, surreal scene in the midst of a Green Bay year that has been okay. I think, obviously, you knew the season of transition was coming, moving from back-to-back Hall of Famers to Jordan Love. Jordan Love has had a wobbly season, but I've seen enough decent moments to say he's got the foundation for the next two to three years. And in a league in which nobody can stay healthy week to week, if you have a known commodity for that kind of window, it's a step in the right direction with Green Bay at 7-8 and eight taking on Minnesota. Speaking of a quarterback debacle, not exactly Steve Young versus Joe Montana with Jaron Hall, who had a nice college career at BYU, now splitting the reps with Nick Mullins who threw four interceptions against the Lions and still had a chance to beat Detroit. They had to make that pick on the final play. I'm going to get you ready for the Lions and Cowboys. If you've not looked at the schedule, that's a Saturday gift to all of us. Detroit fam, I am thrilled your team finally is winning. First division title since 1993. But don't expect a Super Bowl trip based on how leaky that defense has been as of late. We'll get there coming up in the next hour of the program. As we continue, I don't want to call for anyone to lose their job. I work in sports media. Job security is a thing that went away along with the transistor radio. But we know this time of the year, a lot of coaches will be getting pink slips, so... However, the separation occurs for Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, where is the hoodie going to be coaching next year? I'll let you know coming up. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Now let's get your sports update. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host Brian Weber on CBS Sports Radio. We are powering our way through the first hour of the program, but since we've already taken a phone call, I am open to maintaining that momentum. 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanAvotique.com. More of your interaction on Twitter coming up in the next hour of the show. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. Since we're talking social media, be sure to follow the Hall of Famer Jim Rome on the Gram He is giving you updates from Wisconsin, where I mentioned it is unseasonably warm. Temperatures in the mid-40s, but Jim still looks like he's a bit frigid, and I don't blame him when you have that SoCal background, and you step outside and you are staring at a semi-frozen river. It's got to be a jolt to the system. I owe you a Josh Allen MVP thought. I got a little bit wrapped up there as we were talking to our pal from Green Bay, plus your overwhelming sentiment on the X. In 15 minutes, as we ease into our number two of the program, more Russell Wilson analysis. I'm trying to do it in bite-sized chunks, given the gravity of the story and the clouded future for a player who has a Hall of Fame resume, and I'm not having that conversation today, but Also want to make sure we're as diverse as possible. So we'll get to the Joe Flacco thought process. Is he due for the correction? Is he going to have the same falling off the cliff that we have seen from a series of backup quarterbacks, namely Josh Jobs? Jake Browning came crashing back to earth against Pittsburgh over the weekend after he had that Unbelievable win over Minnesota. Maybe he left it all on the sideline as he was trying to personally stick it to every member of a franchise that cut him, even though he acknowledged that that prior regime is long gone. That is coming up. We're also talking about coaches with a lack of job security. That is less than three minutes away. Josh Allen has a chance to be at least the runner-up for the MVP. I don't have a vote. If I did, I couldn't tell you, and I'm not going to fill out the ballot on the air. It's a foregone conclusion. Lamar Jackson is going to win the award, and he deserves it. And you can spin things however you want. You can talk about what's the meaning of value. Is it truly the most outstanding player, as we have in college basketball, the MOP of the Final Four? But we know just through common sense, the award typically goes to the best quarterback on the best team. And if we're talking about impact and meaning, say for the 49ers, that was the argument for Christian McCaffrey. Because as we saw again in that hideous performance by Brock Purdy, in fairness, two of the four picks were on batted balls. Still, it goes down on the stat sheet as a four interception night. And even if you're a Purdy believer, and I'm not a basher of Purdy, I just want to see more. Because now in the two biggest games of his career, NFC title game last year on the Philly side of the country, right, as he's playing at the link, he basically had his elbow ripped off his body. Now, that's not his fault. I can't blame someone for getting hurt, but he was unable to finish the game. You put that aside, with the magnitude of the matchup between the Ravens and the Niners, he imploded. He just did not show up. So you wonder about where his confidence is moving forward and a chance to get right against the lowly Washington commanders. It feels like Ron Rivera is just counting down the days until he loses his job. And that felt like it was a fail complete. Once the ownership change occurred and we finally were able to get to the end of our long national football nightmare and Dan Snyder was pushed out of that hole he'd been occupying for decades. But for Josh Allen, the MVP story goes like this. He is accounted for 40 total touchdowns because we know he is the catalyst, if you want to use that Sean Payton description, he's the Jared Stitham of Buffalo. He makes everything happen, but he's also, especially prior to the Ken Dorsey getting whack coaching change, been asked to do far too much, putting his body on the line way too frequently. And what do you know when you give the football to a talented running back who has the opportunity to carve up a Dallas defense that has been exposed repeatedly, especially on the road? Well, we saw what happened a couple weeks ago when Buffalo annihilated Dallas because Josh Allen was not asked to do too much. And Buffalo, while they have typified just the week-to-week notion that is the NFL, no team has been more wildly inconsistent than the Bills. And if you're one of seven people who watched their game against the Chargers on a streaming platform, we got lucky here in Southern California, able to watch the game over the year. They tried to give that game away seven different times. Now, they still defeated East and Stick somehow, some way. And if Miami loses to Baltimore on the road in Maryland, as I think they will, Buffalo versus Miami is winner-take-all for the division title next week in the regular season finale. So if the Bills find a path forward as division champs, I think Allen gets a lot more backing because he means everything to that team especially with the wave of defensive injuries. But Lamar is going to win the award. He wrapped it up on Monday night, outshining Brock Purdy, who looked like he was not ready for primetime. And remember, Jackson, to his credit, had the wobbly start. What was he? One of his first six tripped over a backpedaling umpire who looked like he was an old dude in a... Three-legged race. I know those guys trained, but he looked completely out of place. Hand Lamar the MVP. Who's going to be getting a pink slip across the NFL? Robert Sala is coming back, and we don't have to do a deep dive on that. Aaron Rodgers, every time he's available to the media, whether he's getting paid or not, has had nothing but praise for Robert Receipts and his pal, Nate Canhackett, and the GM, Joe Douglas. So, Woody Johnson is going to follow the wishes of his superstar. You could argue, especially within that small sample size of that abysmal game against Washington, Robert Silas should have gotten fired in the third quarter as the Jets tried their damnedest to give that game away, blowing a 20 to nothing lead, but he's going to survive. It's a weird year in advance of Black Monday because we've already had three guys lose their jobs, and certainly, if you've had to endure my act in the past, probably it came through. I was not a supporter of Brandon Staley. Rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom. Second time I've used that this hour. You talk about a team... Quitting on a coach, well, we saw it in vivid, gruesome detail on that Thursday night beatdown applied by the Raiders. Josh McDaniels overmatched once more, and that'll be his second and final head coaching opportunity. Frank Reich, I think, was done a favor by David Tepper. Just take the money from that delusional billionaire and go spend it. Go get a better job. Who else should be concerned moving forward? I mentioned Ron Rivera. It seems like it's a done deal. He's gone. Matt Eberflus, as much as I just enjoy saying Eberflus, very quietly is making a case to keep his job. Chicago's not going to light the world on fire, but they've doubled their win total from last year, going from three to six wins, have a chance to beat Atlanta at home this week to get to seven wins. I think he might survive. And then coming up as the program continues, we're going to talk more about Bill Belichick coupled with Jim Harbaugh. Somebody mentioned a salad earlier in the program. Clearly something I'm allergic to. Harbaugh offered the grandest word salad that was filled with blue cheese and Roquefort I have ever heard yesterday when asked about his coaching future. That's on the way. All coming up in our number two of the program. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome on CBS.